Get the facts about fear of speaking in public. Fact number one. You are not unique in your fear of speaking in public. Surveys in colleges indicate that 80-90% to 90 of all students enrolled in speech classes suffer from stage fright at the beginning of the course. I am inclined to believe that the figure is higher among adults at the start of my course, almost 100%. Fact number two. A certain amount of stage fright is useful. It is nature's way of preparing us to meet unusual challenges in our environment. So, when you notice your pulse beating faster and your respiration speeding up, don't become alarmed. Your body, ever alert to external stimuli, is getting ready to go into action. If these physiological preparations are held within limits, you will be capable of thinking faster, talking more fluently, and generally speaking with greater intensity than under normal circumstances. Fact number three. Many professional speakers have assured me that they never completely lose all stage fright. It is almost always present just before they speak, and it may persist through the first few sentences of their talk. This is the price these men and women pay for being like racehorses and not like draft horses. Speakers who say they are cool as a cucumber at all times are usually as thick-skinned as a cucumber and about as inspiring as a cucumber. Fact number four. The chief cause of your fear of public speaking is simply that you are unaccustomed to speak in public. Fear is misbegotten of ignorance and uncertainty, says Professor Robinson in The Mind in the Making. For most people, public speaking is an unknown quantity and consequently one fraught with anxiety and fear factors. For the beginner, it is a complex series of strange situations, more involved than, say, learning to play tennis or drive a car. To make this fearful situation simple and easy, practice, practice, and practice. You will find, as thousands about thousands have, that public speaking can be made a joy instead of an agony merely by getting a record of successful speaking experiences behind you. The story of how Albert Edward Wiggum, the prominent lecturer and popular psychologist, overcame his fear has been an inspiration to me ever since I first read it. He tells how terror-struck he was at thought of standing up in high school and delivering a five-minute declamation. As the day approached, he writes, I became positively ill. Whenever the dreadful thought occurred to me, my whole head would flush with blood and my cheeks would burn so painfully that I would go out behind the school building and press them against the cold brick wall to try to reduce their surging blushes. It was the same way with me in college. On one occasion, I carefully memorized a declamation beginning. Adam and Jefferson are no more. When I faced the audience, my head was swimming so I scarcely knew where I was. I managed to gasp out the opening sentence, stating that Adams and Jefferson have passed away. I couldn't say another word, so I bowed and walked solemnly back to my seat amid great applause. The president got up and said, Well, Edward, we are shocked to hear the sad news, but we will do our best to bear up under the circumstances. During the uproarious laughter that followed, death would surely have been a welcome relief. I was ill for days afterward. 
certainly the last thing on earth I ever expected to become was a public speaker. A year after he left college, Albert Wiggum was in Denver. The political campaign of 1896 was raging over the issue of free silver. One day he read a pamphlet explaining the proposals of the free silver rights. He became so incensed over what he considered the errors and hollow promises of Brian and his followers that he pawned his watch for enough money to get back to his native Indiana. Once there, he offered his services to speak on the subject of sound money. Many of his old school friends were in the audience. As I began, he writes, the picture of my Adams and Jefferson speech in college swept over me. I choked and stammered and all seemed to be lost. But as Chauncey Dupuy often said, both the audience and I managed somehow to live through the introduction, and encouraged by even this sign's success, I went on talking for what I thought was about 15 minutes. To my amazement, I discovered I had been talking an hour and a half. As a result, within the next two years, I was the most surprised person in the world to find myself making my living as a professional public speaker. I knew at first hand what William James meant by the habit of success. Yes, Albert Edward Wiggum learned that one of the surest ways of overcoming the devastating fear of speaking before groups is to get a record of successful experiences behind you. You should expect a certain amount of fear as a natural adjunct of your desire to speak in public, and you should learn to depend on a limited amount of stage fright to help make you give a better talk. If stage fright gets out of hand and seriously curtails your effectiveness by causing mental blocks, lack of fluency, uncontrollable tics, and excessive muscular spasm, you should not despair. These symptoms are not unusual in beginners. If you make the effort, you will find the degree of stage fright soon reduced to the point where it will prove a help and not a hindrance.